So everybody say, oh, what fun. How many know it's fun to serve God? Isn't that right? It's fun to serve Jesus with each other. So today I'm going to bring a message to you that um, I feel like is paramount. I'm actually, uh, I've kind of jokingly said, but I really am working on a book, and this is probably going to be one of the chapters in my book. I don't know what the name of the book is, but here's one of the chapters. I've got multiple titles for you today, so you can pick the one that you like the most. And uh, the first one, the first title is Grace to Ask. Grace to Ask. So if you're watching us online, get your notebook ready. You're going to want to write some things down because I believe God's going to speak to you, and you want to capture those things and remember them, as we, especially as we uh, go into a new year because 2020 is going to be the best year of your life so far in Jesus' name. So real first, I want to give you a definition of three words. This is something I was thinking about on uh, the last few days that I've been just kind of chilling and had some time off with the family, and here are the three words. The word justice, mercy, and grace. Those are all three good things, right? Justice, mercy, and grace. Justice is when somebody gets what they deserve. How many of you are so glad we did not get justice? I'm glad I didn't get what I deserve. Mercy is not getting what you deserve. Aren't you glad you got mercy from Jesus? We did not get what we deserve. Ooh, man, that's the that be worth that was worth coming to church for right there. But the third word is grace, and grace is getting what you don't deserve. How many want some of that? I don't know about you, but when I stop, look back at, at the life that I have, I know God has more for me, but what I already have, I don't deserve. Ever listen to Dave Ramsey? They say, how you doing, Dave? And he always says, better than I deserve. Well, we could all say that today, couldn't we? I know we're going to reach for more. I know we're believing God for more, but let's just be thankful also for where we are and what we got. I know you're not where you're going to be, but anybody thankful you're not where you used to be? Ooh, that's a good place to say amen. amen. Can I get a better amen in the house of God today, somebody? Amen. I mean, all I need is an organ player. We'd have church. I'm, I can feel it today. So here's, if you don't like grace to ask, how about this title? Get your ask in gear. That might be the winner right there. Or grace to ask, asking for more grace. How about that? Or just get your ask in gear. Because you have not, because you ask not. All right, let's look at a couple of verses today. Joshua 14, Joshua chapter 14. Any old folks in the room today and you're not afraid to admit it? way too many hands. Y'all are not as old as you think you are. But here's a great testimony about an old dude that was still doing stuff for Jesus. I mean, and doing it with gusto. He didn't even know he was old. That's how I want to be when I'm old. I don't even want to know I'm old. Joshua 14, around verse 7, this is Caleb. Remember Joshua and Caleb? Twelve spies went in to spy out the land. Remember the other ten guys' names? Nope. I was 40 years old when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me from Kadesh Barnea to spy out the land. And I brought back word to him as it was in my heart. Nevertheless, my brethren who went up with me, they made the heart of the people melt. But I wholly followed the Lord my God. So ten said, we can't take the land. And two said, we can. And they both were right. They both got exactly what they said. 
And you're right, too. (laughs) Moving right along. So Moses swore on that day, surely the land where your foot has trodden shall be your inheritance and your children's forever, because you have wholly followed the Lord my God. And now, behold, the Lord has kept me alive, as he said, these 45 years. Ever since, the, 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 the Lord spoke this word to Moses while Israel wandered in the wilderness. And now, here I am this day, 85 years old. As yet, I am as strong this day as on the day Moses sent me. Just as my strength was then, so now is my strength for war. So, by the way, war is the seed you sow for taking new territory. If you want to take new ground, you better get ready to fight. Did you know you never outgrow battle? You just learn how to fight. As Christ followers, we don't retire. We just refire. He said, I'm still strong for war, both for going out and for coming in. Now, therefore, everybody say now. Now, therefore, give me my mountain. That's my other title. If you like that one, you can have that one. He, let me read it to you again. Now, therefore, give me my mountain. When, when did he say he wanted it? Now. Faith is now. Now faith is. I'm just going to say it one more time. Now, therefore, give me my mountain. Boy, that might just be the word of the Lord for 2020. And Joshua didn't rebuke him, didn't say, settle down. Joshua, the leader, blessed him. He wasn't saying, Joshua, you give me my mountain. He was saying, Joshua, give me permission or the blessing to go get what's mine. Today, I bless you to go get what's yours. Joshua blessed him and gave Hebron to Caleb, the son of Jeff, Jeff, Jay, as an inheritance. Hebron, therefore, became the inheritance of Caleb because he wholly followed the Lord God of Israel. So, yeah, Pastor Kevin, but I, I, I wasn't wholly following the Lord for, for some time. But are you now? Aren't you glad God doesn't refer to your past to determine your future? And the name of Hebron formerly was Kerjoth Arba. And the reason I'm telling you that is because it was named after the greatest man among the Ananikim, who were giants. But how many know that when Caleb went and got it, he renamed it? And I tell you that because if you take it away from the giants, you can name it whatever you want to, or whatever God tells you to name it. That's another sermon for another Sunday, but I just thought that was good. So 40 years before this verse was written, everybody say 40 years. Does that seem like a long time to you? Forty years before this verse was written, Joshua, Caleb, and ten other losers, whose name you'll never remember, went to spy the promised land. And at that time, Caleb got a glimpse of something. Did you get a glimpse of something a long time ago, and you still remember it? He got a glimpse of his future, because they were going through the promised land, and he saw a mountain where he wanted to live one day. Have you ever seen somewhere you want to live one day? He got a glimpse of a mountain. He said, one day, I'm, that's going to be my mountain. One day, I'm going to live there. Now, now, there were giants on that mountain, 
But how many know that faith doesn't take into consideration all the obstacles? It just discerns the will of God and starts from there. Because faith begins where the will of God is known. Once you know God's will, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if there's giants. It doesn't matter if there's storms. It doesn't matter if there's walls around it. If once you know it's God's will, then it's just a matter of believing. Then it's just a journey song, right? Don't stop believing. Now, that was funnier in my mind before it came out of my mouth, but anyway. Caleb got a glimpse of his future. Do you know what you want? So he kept that vision of that mountain alive for 40 years. Is your promise alive today? Is there anybody that has kept a promise alive today? Anybody that's been believing for some things for quite some time? I came to tell you today, don't stop believing. I came to tell you today that get your ask in gear. I came to tell you today there's grace to ask. And if you need to ask for more grace, then ask for more grace. But there is a grace to ask. Use that grace in Jesus' name. Say, well, I don't deserve it. That's what grace is. Getting what you don't deserve. So for 40 years, Caleb kept the vision of life. 40 plus years later, Caleb asked God for the ability to go after bigger things. They had entered into the promised land. They conquered Jericho. The walls fell down. They conquered Ai. The, the cities of the promised land were falling like dominoes. And then Joshua, who, or, or Caleb rather, who's now 85 years old, he's standing at the foot of that same mountain 40 years later. And then he turns to his boss or to his fellow leader, uh, Joshua, and he says, give me my mountain. And I can just see Joshua wink at him and say, sick him, boys. Go get it. If you want it, go get it. Give me my mountain. If God is for us, it matters not how big the obstacle is that's in front of you. How many know that if the Lord sends you to take it, then take it, we shall. Amen. That's what I say about this corner. I heard that 20 years ago, a church service full of people got out, walked out, and Mark did a Jericho march around the, the corner of this whole property here. And so, I mean, that faith is still working, and our faith is adding to it. Amen? It's like uh, when Jesus told his disciples, go, you're going to find a young colt tied up there, and uh, bring it to me. And if, if somebody tries to stop you, just say, the Lord has need of it. So we just stand and we say to all this property, the Lord has need of you in Jesus' name. I think God wants his people to have a corner on the market. He's just waiting for us to ask. Does anybody still believe in a triumphant, progressing, advancing church? Amen. Where the light still shines bright in the darkness and the salt still brings flavor to where things are bland. That's us today. We are the church. We are the local church and we are the hope of the world. This city needs us. God doesn't give cities to churches. He gives churches to cities. And we're a gift to this city in Jesus' name. Let's go to chapter 15. This is what I wanted to get to today. Joshua chapter 15. We'll start around verse 14. And it says that Caleb drove out the three sons of Anak. Drove them out. Then he went up from there to the inhabitants of Debir, formerly the name of Debir, was Kerjoth Saphir. And there's a whole sermon in this, but I'll give you the real fast version. If you can keep up, great. If not, you'll have to buy the book. <laughs> but Debir means to subdue with a command, to subdue with words and declarations. And the former name of it was a written document 
a bill, something owed, or a written document of evidence. How many know there was a bill that we owed, and there was, there was documented evidence, but the spoken word came, that's Jesus, he came and he took, he settled the bill, and he destroyed the evidence. And I believe that Caleb went into this place that was called evidence against us, a written document, and he renamed it to subdue by a command or declaration because that's how we subdue today is with the what you say is headed your way. And that's how you overcome the evidence that's against you. But the doctor said, or now the, 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 bill, the, the bill collector said, or how many know that there might be evidence against you, but you can say, you can say to the mountain, be moved, and it'll be cast into the sea. You got to say something. All right, it's a whole other sermon for another Sunday, but I'm telling you, do a checkup from the neck up. Make sure that you're talking right. Right? Do you understand the words? coming out of my mouth. And Caleb said, he who attacks this written document of evidence, Kerjath Saphir, and takes it, to him I will give Aksa my daughter as a wife. And by the way, she's a fox. Side note. So Athenial, which means he was a soldier, and his name means force of God. What do you think the force of God is? I believe God doesn't have any love. He is love. And I believe his force, love never fails, and I believe his force is faith. Faith works by love. And so this guy named Athenial, or force of God, he says, I'll get it for you, boss. And he did. He took it. It's faith that takes. It's the force of God. It's love. It's faith that's working by love that takes ground in the kingdom of God. And he gave it to Caleb, and Caleb gave him Aksa, his daughter, as his wife. Now, this is a cute little love story. Aksa, it means uh, to be fettered about the ankles. Now, that doesn't mean ball and chain. It actually means pretty little anklets that make tinkling sounds. You might think, well, why is that important? I think that when the force of when God sent his son to deal with the written document of evidence against us, he took us from being in bondage and chains, and he made us Tinkerbell. He made us the bride of Christ. He set us free. Where we once were fettered, now we're just adorned. So, so this force of God, love, came and got a bride named Aksa. Verse 18. Now, it was so when she came to her father, or when she came to her new husband, that she persuaded him to ask her father for a field. So, now that, that's, man, there's so much symbolism in this. That's the bride telling the son, let's ask the father for a field, a harvest field. And so she dismounted from her donkey, and and Caleb said to her, what do you wish? What do you want? Now, I want you to just picture this. So they get married. They go on their honeymoon. And on the way back from the honeymoon, she says, honey, I want you to ask my, my daddy for some land. And, and how many know the last conversation or the last person you want to have a conversation with 
after, right after your honeymoon as a young married man is your new father-in-law. You know, just, just a little awkward. Can I get a witness, anybody in the house? You know what I'm talking about, right? right. The newlyweds raise their hand. I remember if you, if you ever met my father-in-law, you would know I know what I'm talking about. But anyway, and so he's like, honey, I don't want it. Yes, your daddy, you ask him. She goes, no, baby, you ask him. And so they roll up on the donkey or whatever they were riding on, and there's Caleb, and he could tell there's a domestic going on. And he says, baby, everything okay? Like, is this guy treating you all right? Because if he ain't, I got a whole lot of other soldiers where this one came from. We'll replace him. Don't mess with daddy's girl. It's something about what, what do you want? I mean, that's, the, that's the heart of the father right there. He asked, he asked the church, the bride, what do you want? What do you want? If you're taking notes today, write that down. What do I want? If you're not taking notes today, write that down. What do I want? That's probably why you don't have it because you don't know what you want yet. A double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. you got to decide what you want. Come on, turn to your neighbor right now. Touch two people and say, what do you want? What do you want? Because that's why we have vision boards, and that's why we have goals, and that's why we, ha we have faith lists, if you will, because we have decided what we want. We're focusing our faith. So what do you want, baby? And she answered, and she said, give me a blessing. Since you have already given me land in the south, give me also springs of water. You've already given me land, but I want something more. You've already blessed me and given me an inheritance and already given me land, but there's something else I want. I want more. Everybody say, I want more. So he gave her the upper springs and the lower springs. She says, give me some springs, and I like how God works. He says, I'm going to give you more than you asked for. I've pressed down, shaken together, and running over, right? Exceeding abundantly, far above all that you could ask, think, dare, dream, or even imagine. And so he didn't just give her springs. He gave her the upper springs and the lower springs. Now, Caleb's daughter, like I said, she'd already received a good life. Anybody got a good life? She was already blessed. Anybody already blessed? But she wanted more, so she asked for more. Her, her, her new husband was a good soldier, but he was afraid to ask. But when you're daddy's girl, you're not afraid to ask. How many know that as the church, as the bride of Christ, we are daddy's girl? And our father is waiting for us to ask. There is a grace to ask. And how many know there's a lot in the, in the New Testament especially about asking? Think about this, Luke 9, 11, ask and keep asking and it shall be given to you. James 4, 2, you have not because you ask not. Matthew 7, 11, your father gives good gifts to them that ask. Did you know that Jesus spoke more about asking than he did about forgiveness? 14 times he talked about asking, 11 times he talked about forgiving. They're both important. But how many know when Jesus talks about something, we need to pay attention? Lots about asking. Blind Bartimaeus came to Jesus one day, and, and he was crying out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And they said, shut up, blind boy. Well, can't you see he's going somewhere? And finally Jesus stopped, and he says, hey, whoever that was, bring him over here. Sometimes you got to cry out, amen. And so when they finally brought blind Bartimaeus before him, guess what Jesus said? He says, what do you want? I'm sure blind Bartimaeus was probably like, are you blind too? Can you not see what I want? But Jesus made him what? 
ask that I might receive my sight. One day Jesus went to the pool of Bethesda. There was a bunch of sick people there. And Jesus went to this one guy who'd been laying there for a long time, lame and crippled in his feet. And Jesus said, what do you want? Really? Really? What do I want? And then he starts making excuses why he hadn't got it yet. Well, uh, when the angel comes and stirs the water, somebody gets in before me. I don't have, nobody comes and helps me. And then Jesus said, do you want to be made well? All I hear is excuses. I want to know what you want. I don't want to know why it hadn't happened yet. I want to know what you want. Tell me what you want, what you really, really want. And then Jesus didn't even wait for him to ask. He said, just get, get, get your bed and get out of here. Jesus helped the man identify what he really wanted. For a long time, he just wanted to complain why it hadn't happened yet. Then he changed his mind and said, you know what? I think I'm tired of my excuses. I'm ready just to have the result. What do you want? You got to identify what you want. There's the, there's the story of the persistent widow. She kept asking, and the king, who wasn't even godly, gave it to her just because she was persistent. She kept asking. Then there was the friend who came at midnight and knocked on the door, and finally they got up out of bed and gave him some bread and some groceries because he kept asking, right? He's not a God that wants us to back away from asking, but he wants us to ask for more because he's willing and he's able. We know he's able, but a lot of times we wonder whether or not he's willing. Well, that's why asking is in the Bible so much. Because God's like, just ask me. Come on, somebody, ask me. Ask me. Ask me. I got what you need. I got what you want. Just ask me. It's your birthright. Just because you're made in the image of God, you have every right to have an abundant life, and that's what Jesus came to give you. Say, I'm already blessed. But now he wants you to be blessed to be a blessing. But you got to ask for it. Come on, somebody. How about this? Psalm 84, verse 3. Psalm 84, verse 3. I'm about to prophesy to somebody. Even the sparrow has found a home, and the swallow a nest for herself where she may raise her young. For those of you that are tired of not having a home of your own, even the birds have a home of their own, and you don't have one because you hadn't asked for it. But if you'll just ask him, your heavenly father, if he gave us his only son, how much more will he freely give us all things? Oh, man, this is good stuff. I am preaching so good today. I don't know if y'all are enjoying this or not, but I am preaching myself happy. Woo! I'm preaching, and you just get to listen. I'm preaching to myself. You get to listen. Hopefully we'll get done at the same time. That's all I've got to say about that. So, Hallelujah. Years ago, I was the youth pastor at this church, and if you look youth pastor up in the Greek and Hebrew, it means uh, poor and broke, and um, that's the original meaning of that. And so we, my wife, uh, you've heard me tell this story before, but she got ill, had to go to the hospital, spent two days in the hospital, and we came out with an $8,500 bill. And so we, we started on the 1,000-year payment plan where you send them $20 a month, you know, for the rest of your life. Spring Hill Hospital, and that went on for months and months, and and so one 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 year around Christmas, I was just in my devotion and in my prayer time, and I got this idea: what if I asked them to forgive me of that debt? So we had paid down from you know eighty five hundred dollars to about eighty. 200, I don't know. <laughs> and so I called Spring, Spring Hill Hospital, and I said, hey, this is Kevin Cooley. I owe you about eighty two, eighty three hundred dollars dollars They said, yeah, uh, do you want to know where to send the check? I was like, actually, I was calling to ask if you would just forgive me. 
And the lady, this is exactly what she said. She was, <laughs> what? Sorry, what'd you say? I said, I was calling to ask if y'all would just forgive me. And she said, Mr. Cooley, I've been working here for, I don't remember how long now. It was, it was years, 15, 13 years, something. She goes, uh, we've never forgiven anybody. She goes, but you know what? I'll run it up the ladder because I like you. I don't know why she liked me. All I did was ask her to forgive me. It was called favor. How many know favor ain't fair? Right? And so uh, I gave her my number, and a couple of days later, later on in the week, we had uh, we came in, and the little light was flashing on our answer machine. And uh, kids, an answer machine is this thing where it has, anyway, ask your grandparents when you get home. But anyway, I hit play, and on there was that same lady. She said, Mr. Cooley, this is so-and-so from Spring Hill Hospital. She goes, I don't know what to tell you, but uh, Christmas came early for you this year. You are forgiven. You don't owe us a dime. We'll send you a letter in the mail that will declare and verify that we're all clear. Eighty-something $80 Now, if it had happened to you, you'd have been a lot happier. But, but I was just, my wife and I, we were like, oh, my God. We were just rejoicing in our little living room. We hugged each other like, this is amazing. And then all of a sudden, the Lord spoke in my heart, and he said, son, if you'd asked me, I'd give you nations. I mean, that's what Psalm chapter 2 and verse 8 says. God says, ask me, and I'll give you the nations as your inheritance. I'll give you the ends of the earth as your possession. Ask me. We ask for so small, and God's saying, I'm a great big God. I'm a powerful God. I'm your daddy, and I love you, and I'll give you anything. Just ask me. In fact, I challenge you. I challenge you. Find somewhere in the Bible where God said no. He's a yes God. I'm not saying it's not in there, but you're going to have to search for it. But you know why? Because most of the time he says yes. In fact, one place it even says all the promises of God are what? Yes. 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 The answer is yes. Man, that will put you in a good mood when you know that you can just ask. And he's waiting to say yes. God's looking for an excuse to bless you. He's just waiting for you to ask. Oh, man. I mean, Joshua asked, and the sun stood still because he asked. What are you asking for? How about Hezekiah? He was on his deathbed. and the, the, In fact, God sent a major prophet said, tell him to get his house in order. He's going to die. And so the prophet came, delivered his message, and walked out. And then the Bible says that that king, Hezekiah, he turned his face to the wall. He cried out to God. And before the prophet could even get out of the palace, the word of the Lord came to him and said, go back. I changed my mind because my boy asked me. I've seen his tears, and I'm going to give him 15 more years. Why? Because he what? You're getting it. You're starting to get it. Woo! Don't tell me that you're a small part of your journey. You're not. You're not just a small part of your journey. You can ask our great God and our powerful God, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Ask him and he'll reverse sentences. He'll change diagnoses. He'll cancel debts and bills. If you'll ask him, don't be like that one guy I went to Bible school with. He was asking God to bless him, and his boss called him and said, hey, you want to work some overtime? I'll pay a time and a half. He said, no, I'm believing God. I was like, dude, that was God on the phone. <laughs> See, some people don't get it. <laughs> ask. 
I'm not saying you're not going to have to do anything. I'm just saying ask and then do what you're told. Everything you put your hand to will prosper. you got to put your hand to something. What do you put your hand to? To whatever God tells you to. How about Jabez? His mama named him that because it means pain. Wouldn't you hate to be named pain? But he asked for a dis- different testimony. It says in First Chronicles, First Chronicles chapter four and verse ten is the prayer of Jabez. Jabez was a better man than his brothers, a man of honor. What made him better? Honor, integrity. His mother had named him Oh the Pain, Jabez, and saying, "A painful birth. I bore him in great pain." But Jabez prayed to the God of Israel and asked, "Bless me." Oh, bless me. Isn't that a good prayer? If you don't know what else to pray, just pray that. Bless me. Oh, bless me. Give me land, large tracts of land. Give me territory and provide your personal protection for me. Don't let evil or disaster hurt me. And God, the Bible says God gave him what he asked for. See, I thought the name of this series was, oh, what fun. Man, it's fun to ask for stuff and get it. Amen. The whole book of Jeremiah, people miss it. We all like Jeremiah 29, 11. I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. I know the thoughts I think about you, thoughts of peace to, pro- to prosper you, to give you a hope in the future. That's great. But the whole theme of the book of Jeremiah is this. God is saying, look, I'm telling you what's happening. I'm telling you what's going to happen, and nobody's asking me to change it. I'm telling you what's happening. I'm telling you what's going to happen. And I'm telling you, ask me to change it, and I will. Nobody's asking me. There isn't much. Listen very carefully to this. There isn't much in the Bible where God says no. I mean, even the idiots that asked Jesus for a throne on his left and his right, he didn't tell them no. He just said, well, it's going to come with a high price. I don't know if you're willing to pay it. There's a promise that comes with suffering. He didn't even tell them no. He just said, it's not mine to give. You listening? Peter asked him to walk on the water, and he did. God's looking for people to prevail upon heaven and ask. There is grace to ask. I'm telling you, I've just noticed that. I'm t- uh, what was it? Two, two years ago, I asked the Lord for land in India, and He gave it to us. And it was a two-year process; cost us a hundred thousand dollars. I don't even know where the hundred grand came from. We only had one person give one big gift, and it was the first check we received in the mail because I asked God for it. And then I went back to Him and I said, "Lord, I, I, I don't know if I, I sh- maybe I shouldn't have asked you for that. I don't have the money. I don't know if I got the faith to believe you for that." And then I said, "Hold on, Lord, the mail just came, and it was a twenty-five thousand dollar check." I said, "Hey." We want to help you with that project God just spoke to you about. I was like, okay, Lord, I hear you. I'm going to ask you. I'm going to believe you. And that money came in, and now there's 100000 more dollars worth of walls and wells and electricity and development. I don't know where all that money came from, but if you ask, if you ask, you don't have to, you don't have to figure out how. You just got to decide what. The how is God's problem. You just decide what. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. What do you want? Caleb said to his daughter, what do you want, baby? She goes, I know you already gave me some land over in the Negev, but I also want some springs of water. He goes, well, how about these upper and these lower springs, baby? Just take them both. I just want to bless you. I'm so glad you asked. It's time to ask. Now. Give me my mountain. You just got to know what your mountain is. 
for many of you, I would dare say most of you, that's your biggest problem. You don't even know what your mountain is. Decide and ask. Decide and ask. I didn't say figure out how. I said just decide and ask and let God figure out how. Because guess what? Once you decide and once you ask, the how will just occur to you. What do you mean it will just occur to you? If you're going to spend time, any amount of time with God in his word, in his presence, with his people, in a small group, one day it's just going to, you're going to go, hey, what if, what if we did this? What if we did that? Where'd that come from? The universe. No, it came from the God who made the universe because you asked him for something, and he's going to give you the desires of your heart. Say, are you one of them name it and claim it churches? Yes. Are you one of them prosperity churches as opposed to a poverty church? We're a good stewardship, pay your tithes, believe God church. We are, God put us in this earth, and he said, the earth is mine and all the fullness thereof. The gold is mine, the silver is mine, and the cattle on a thousand hills are mine. It's all his. He just says, ask me. Ask me. I know some of you are blessed, but he's ready for you to stop just being, a, being blessed and be a blessing. The blessing. Everybody say, the blessing. Somebody say, I'm somebody's blessing. Waiting to happen. Yeah, but you got to be blessed enough to be a blessing. What's holding you back? What's in your wallet? If it's not enough, ask. Ask. You have not because you ask not. So we're going to ask him today. We're going to ask him to heal your body. We're going to ask him to close that sale. We're going to ask him to set the captives free to break addiction. We're going to ask him today for... Houses and lands, debts paid off, finding money, estates and inheritances, favor with God and man, promotions. We're going to ask him. We're going to ask. We're going to ask him for direction. I think the greatest thing you can receive from God is direction. To know the will of God. What's more precious to the believer than that? To know the will of God. Because once you know God's will, then your faith kicks in the gear. We're going to ask him today. We're going to ask him today. Here's what I want to do. If I have any of my prayer workers that are in the, in the room, would you just come forward and join me across the front here today? And we're going to go old school today. We're going to pray for the sick. We're going to lay hands on the sick. Jesus said, lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. Isn't that right? Uh, we got to do our part, and God will do his part. Isn't that right? If any two of you will touch and agree as asking anything, Matthew 18, 18, it shall be done for you by my Father in heaven. But we got to do what? We got to touch, agree. We got to ask. You ready to ask today? What do you need? What do you, is there anything too hard for God? Jeremiah 33 3, call on me and I will answer you and I will show you great and mighty things that you know not. Amen. But He's just waiting on you to call, He's waiting on you to ask. Isn't that right? Amen. So let's do this today. I'm going to have my prayer workers come. If um, I know. Wade is here. I know he's, he's got a volunteer job he's doing, but if anybody sees him wandering around, tell him to come in. I'm going to call upon his eldership today. Uh, Josh, same, same for you, sir. He'll just come and be one of my prayer workers today. And so let's do this. If you, if you have a need, my God shall supply all your need, all your need according to his riches and glory. 
I believe this. You know, we, the Lord told us a year ago, this is the year of the breakthrough. And if you haven't broke through yet, the year ain't over. Come on now. It's not too late. God's going to crown our year with goodness. If you're waiting for that breakthrough, this is your day. This is your moment. This is your hour. And don't waver. Don't waver. You haven't asked God for something too big that he can't do it, won't do it. It's his delight. It's his joy. It's his delight and his joy. How many of you like blessing your kids and your grandkids? How much more, our Heavenly Father? So, would you stand to your feet today? Father, we ask you today, if you need prayer, would you just come right now? Healing in your body. We ask you today for healings today. Signs, wonders, and miracles in the name of Jesus. Those that are watching us online today, we just stretch our faith towards you. And we release liberty to you. We release healing to you. We release you from the debt, from the bondage of debt. We release you from poverty in Jesus' name. We release you. We ask for release from depression today. If you need prayer today, come on now. Get out of your seat and move and come forward. We're asking for marriages to be restored and turned around. We're asking for prodigal sons and daughters to come home today in Jesus' name. We're asking for a turnaround in those businesses today. We're asking for those goals to be met. We speak to tumors and bumps and growths, and we command you to die and wither and come out and off of people's body right now in Jesus' name. We take authority over breast cancer. We take authority over diabetes today. We take authority over frozen shoulders. We say be loose and let go. We rebuke arthritis in Jesus' name. We say, no, you can't stay in these bodies anymore. We break the spirit of addiction in Jesus' name, and we say freedom, freedom, freedom. We're addicted to you, Jesus, your word, your people, your presence. And we say whatever you want, Lord. We say yes, 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 yes. Whatever the question, Lord, we say yes. Whatever you want, we say yes. Whatever's in our hand, we say yes. Take it, God. Because we know you can do more with it than we can, like Moses' rod, like the two uh, fish and loaves like the, from the little boy. Whatever's in our hand, we give it to you, Lord. We release it to you. Because we know we can't have a miracle until we put what's in our hand in your hand. We ask you, Lord. We ask you. We're asking the grace to ask. Grace to ask. <laughs> we thank you for it. We thank you for it. Come on, just lift your hands today and just say thank you. You've, if you've asked, just begin to thank him. Oh, Lord, thank you for witty ideas, wisdom, favor, wisdom, favor, witty ideas, ideas, concepts, and insights in Jesus' name. Supernatural pl uh, plans, supernatural strategies, because we are a supernatural church composed of supernatural people called to do supernatural things in these last days for the glory of God. If you have a prayer language today, come on, just begin to lift that up. If you don't have a prayer language, ask, ask, ask. We honor you, Lord. Breakthrough. We designate this Breakthrough Sunday. Breakthrough Sunday. Breakthrough Sunday. Some of you have been held back for decades by some things that you're breaking through today. 
addicted to things you're breaking, being broken off of you today. <laughs> the Lord of the breakthrough is here. something that you're thinking it's not mind reading it's the Lord's answering your prayer you didn't know you were praying but you were thinking and the Lord heard it and this is what you're thinking yeah yeah but <laughs> man I, I wish that I could ask I, I, I wish I'd have just behaved better I wish that I would have just made better choices and I wouldn't be in this circumstance remember Justice is getting what you deserve. Jesus took that for you. Mercy is not getting what you deserve. Grace is getting what you don't deserve. This is a grace thing, y'all. This is the grace of God. You ever heard that saying? Yeah, but, but for the grace of God, there go I. Well, his grace is here. Grace to ask. Grace to ask. Now, you probably think I'm weird, but I read a book called Asking to Win, and it's a whole book of questions, powerful questions. The, your, the answers you get are determined by the quality of the questions you ask. Now, it wasn't necessarily a spiritual book. It was just an interesting book. But I'm telling you, there's a power in asking. So don't you stop short. Don't you pull up and go, ooh, I would ask. That's what I really want, but I'm just going to ask for 
I was going to ask for this. No, you asked for this. You are seated with Jesus in heavenly places. So you're not asking for victory. You're asking from victory. You're not a victim. You're a victor. And to the victor goes the spoils. You're more than a conqueror. Jesus defeated death, hell, and the grave, and now he made you a victor. He made you more than a conqueror. Now it's time for you to start enjoying what Jesus got for you. Amen. Say, I'm, well, I'm, I'm blessed. Well, that, well, good for you. But what about the people you're supposed to be a blessing to? Don't be selfish and just stop by being blessed. Become a blessing. What's, what's, what's a blessing? That's when you got more than enough. You can give in to anything and everything that, that moves your heart of compassion. Anything that advances the kingdom. Anything that just expresses the goodness of God. I don't know about you, but I would make a great billionaire. I would just be a good one. I don't know where the application for that is to fill that out for that job applicant, but I'd be a good one. Wouldn't it be cool just to have a prophetic word for somebody, walk up to them and take a Rolex off of your wrist and say, the Lord says it's your time. I talk about no Timex either. And by the way, you can't use Rolexes in heaven. You might as well enjoy them down here. There's no time in heaven to keep up with. See, I can have, you can have, you can go through this life any way you want to. I'm just telling you, let's go through it reversing the works of darkness. Poverty, sickness, death, hunger, those are works of darkness. Let's do something about it, amen. Let's be a blessing to our city. Hallelujah. Would you bow your heads, Father, in Jesus' name, I speak a blessing upon these, your people. There's anyone here today or anyone watching us or listening to the sound of my voice that does not know Jesus as their Lord and Savior. I pray, Lord God, that your goodness would draw them to repentance and that you would help them be so miserable until they come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ, that they would call on the name of Jesus and be saved. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, come on, just in your heart right now, just ask him for salvation. Let's all say it together. Say, dear God, I repent of my sin, and I confess Jesus as my Lord. Jesus is my Lord. Save me now. And fill me with your spirit. And give me power to be a witness. In Jesus' name, amen. Come in, we just celebrate today that we serve a good God. Let us go into the house of the Lord. Amen. Now you know why. We about had church today. <laughs>